from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Hope this finds you well, and I uh, hope you get through the fog okay today. It was uh, quite an adventure coming in from the North Shore, but we are here and uh, ready to go at Studio B over on Airline Drive. Sean Kelly on this side of the table, producer Dan, and uh, Lou Schumann on the other side of the table today, helping us bring together our daily podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We've got a lot to cover today as we really uh, jump into both sides of the equation. We'll wrap up last night's loss for the Pelicans, unfortunately the Mavericks, as they fell 100-97. And today is full go for the Saints as they begin their preparations in earnest. And I just mean that in the fact that uh, we'll have full practice today and whatnot. They have been preparing now for a couple of days, but uh, the uh, full the full boat, if you will, for the Saints in preparation for the Carolina Panthers, and that means we'll hear from head coach Sean Payton today, quarterback Drew Brees, and the locker room will be open as well. So it is, uh, it'll be a busy, busy Thursday here on Airline Drive. We're going to help get you ready for the football game, and we'll start with the voices that will call it this weekend. Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, here as usual on this Thursday, and then we'll go over to Carolina and visit with Mick Mixon. He's the voice of the Carolina Panthers, and talk to him about that team's eight-game winning streak, their 9-3 and three mark, and how he see, sees things uh, stacking up for Sunday night's primetime matchup at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So a good show for you today. And then, of course, later on tonight, make sure you turn on your radio at 8 o'clock uh, for the uh, edition of this week's edition of the Monty Williams Show, which returns after being off for two weeks. But at 8 Central on our flagship station in New Orleans, that's 105.3 WWL-FM, we'll get our most extensive visit with head coach Monty Williams in some time. And, of course, we'll be talking about the uh, road trip that was very successful and, unfortunately, about that loss last night at home to the Dallas Mavericks. 197 was the final score last night, and so the Pelicans with the loss fall to 9-9. Nine and nine. And um, if you're counting the Knicks game, the game in which Anthony Davis got hurt, uh, which I am, the Pelicans would be down 2-1 and one without the full services of Anthony Davis. Uh, Al Farouk Amino was uh, very good last night, did all he could in his return to the starting lineup as he uh, scored a new career high in rebounds with 21, a season high was 16 points. Unfortunately, again, not enough, but uh, a big night from Chief. And uh, this was uh, Mr. Aminu in the locker room post game about his performance last night. I don't want to give no take away no credit from the Mavs. Uh, you know, they played tough. But uh, like I said, you know, coming off the road, I just think, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, we weren't just that sound. And then uh, that starting five haven't been together. And uh, it's just been games together, not any practices. So just go in, you know, go in the lab. You know, fix up some of the stuff we need to and then uh, get back to doing what we do. So while Aminu wasn't your leading scorer last night, he sure did go a long way in helping the Pelicans uh, get down to a last possession effort there. I mean, really, the shot missed by Anderson at the end uh, uh, was the determining factor. Otherwise, we're off to overtime again. There's no doubt. Uh, and he got a decent look. But Dirk Nowitzki last night, three big free throws down the stretch. He finished with 21 to lead the Mavericks in scoring. 
Uh, this on 7 of 17 shooting, but again, his 6 of 8 at the line um, and the three big ones down the stretch that are enough to push Dallas to a 12 and 8 record. Eric Gordon had 15 last night, one of five starters and double figures for the Pelicans. I'm anxious to get his thoughts uh, to you. I visited with him in the Players' Lounge last night following the game, and that'll be uh, our first guest on Black and Blue Report today. So Mick Mixon, Jim Henderson, and Eric Gordon as we talk both Pelicans and Saints for you right here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll start it up with number 10, EG, in a moment. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans guard Eric Gordon, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back on this Thursday. Don't forget uh, Monty Williams' show tonight on your radio. You can always follow the Black and Blue Report on Twitter at Black Blue Report, or you can follow me at Sean Kelly Live uh, with regard to uh, game coverage, travel notes, and the like. All oh, is what I've been tweeting about here uh, these uh, days. Okay, let's uh, get right to Eric Gordon as promised. This was following last night's Pelicans' loss to the Mavericks at New Orleans Arena and our visit with Eric Gordon in the Players' Lounge. I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but what, what were your first thoughts at the end of the game? What jumped into your brain? Towards the end of the game? Um, as, as the game ended, yeah. Uh, that we just could have had him. You know, it was, you know, it was back and forth throughout the whole game, and uh, all we needed was a couple of baskets and a couple of stops. But, uh, you know, that's a tough, high-powered offensive team. You know, they got they – got, you know, dirt in there who could, who could shoot over anybody because he's seven feet tall. So it's he gonna always get a pretty good shot. Just from watching it, it looked like you know down the stretch, it's all of a sudden things that were working just stopped working. Is that the way it felt on the floor? Yeah, we just didn't make any shots towards any games, and um, you know they were some of them were pretty good shots, and you know we you say we, we were kind of rushing a little bit, but you know as long as we you know move on from it and we'll be fine. I get the feeling that you're all kind of kicking yourselves after this one a little bit. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure, because we, you know, we, we, we were capable to win and we wanted to win and we wanted to keep things rolling and we just know how capable we are. Tell me about the last possession for you offensively. You had to get the three to tie it. Mm -hmm. um, was it, did it kind of go as you thought or was it a bit of a scramble? No, I, th I thought Ryan got a good shot. Um, I was going to come off and see if I could get a, get a three, but they switched. They switched guards, so I had a Marion on me, and uh, Ryan had um, Monte Ellis running at him. So, you know, he had a pretty good clean shot. So, you know, you go, you can always roll with a good clean shot that he's capable of. You had to start the season and learn how to play without Anderson, and then you got Anderson back, and now all of a sudden you're without Davis. Do you all have to learn how to play without him now too? 
Well, you know, as a guard, you love to have a guy like Ryan because he's a big-time three-point shooter. And uh, when he, when he sets screens, you might have to switch it. And now a guard has to go against a big. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it's it's a little bit easier adjustment. But for from when we're all on the court, that's I would say that's the major adjustment because Ryan's coming off the bench and and you know. Guys, rotation-wise, guys have to play with certain guys. So it is kind of almost like a, a readjustment here without yeah. Davis. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, when he comes back, it's going to be a readjustment. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's what I would say. And Because uh, right now, we, you know, we, we're kind of like, as far as guards, we're, we're kind of like playing fluid and free right now. All right, so again, the Pelicans 9-9. Nine and nine. They'll continue the homestand tomorrow night. There are a very small number of tickets left for the Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Can't wait for that one. We'll have the call for you on the radio. There will also be television coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans tomorrow night from New Orleans Arena. Let's turn our attention to football. We really get it going today. Saints and Panthers coming up this weekend. It's one big game after another now for New Orleans, and we'll start to get a, the uh, whole thing ready with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, in one minute. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. If I if I may uh, rip off a phrase from NBC, I guess on NBC now they say, if it's Sunday, it's Meet the Press. Well, here on the Black and Blue Report, if it's Thursday, it's Jim Henderson. The voice of the Saints rejoins us after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Happy holidays, sir. Sean, the same to you, my friend. I, I, I hope you don't mind me putting you on the same level as Meet the Press. Is that okay? Yeah, who hosts that now? I mean, it's been so long since I watched Meet the Press. Usually Sunday mornings are spent getting ready for the game, as you know. Well, a highbrow host like myself does know that it is David G Gregory now. So, ah. Now, that I can't say that I've watched Meet the Press in the, in the last four months, but at least I do know that sense of trivia. And maybe I, remember a I remember a time when that show was, uh, it was sponsored by a girdle manufacturer. It was called Press the Meat. Oh, Jim. Really? Yeah. No, I'm only kidding i know you are but to start off that way yeah speaking of the, probably the high point of the, the entire interview here well it could be but this could be maybe where we're going to go with this because speaking of me in my email inbox this morning from you sir was another edition another newsletter from jeff's smoking meats and uh, this week was i think smoked lobster tails so Correct. tip of the cap to you sir because that sounds phenomenal Looked good, didn't it? It did. It did. Especially when they got to the butter mixture part that goes in 30 minutes uh, after the uh, mm. lobster tails have been placed on upon the smoker. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Delicious. Um, how'd you do? Well, I, you know what? Let's save word of the week uh, for the end, shall we? 
All right. All right. Um, first off, uh, any hangover for you from the Seattle game and the trip? You know, actually, even though um, I had a 3.30 a.m. wake-up call uh, Tuesday morning to fly back and then uh, go into Fox 8 to work, I really felt fine. Um, and going out there, to me, is the problem. I, I just had a, a hard time getting on their schedule, and I think the Saints were the same way. So we were not on the team plane. We don't travel with the team any longer. So uh, I was aware of the fact that they had considered staying over anyway, but uh, certainly not under those circumstances. Do you take the loss in Seattle as just a bad loss or a red alert in some fashion to you at this point in the season? I think with the Carolina Panthers coming in here and the way they're playing and having to play them two out of the next three weeks, it's a red alert. I mean, I think all Saints fans were more than disappointed. They were shocked, and I know that's the way I felt, to lose to Seattle out there as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Pardon me. In one of the toughest venues to play in the NFL would have been no surprise, but to play as badly as the Saints did in every way, probably the worst game they played under Sean Payton, uh, was a shock. And uh, it'll be interesting for me to see how much of a hangover uh, still exists from that game Sunday night, if indeed there is one. But, I mean, you think of all the things that are conspiring to worry you about this game. Uh, got the hottest team in the NFL coming in here in Carolina on an eight-game winning streak. Got the Saints having been beaten up by Seattle, and a lot of teams don't play well the week after they play Seattle. You look at the, the matchups, and I mean, this. if you look at some of the statistics, Seattle and Carolina are 1-2, either it's Seattle first, Carolina second, or Carolina first, Seattle second, in a lot of defensive categories. So uh, I'm really worried about this matchup. I, it gives me great concern. Can teams in the NFL, Jim, in your eyes, having only played once a week, go into the next with a chip on their shoulder? Uh, I guess you could say so. To me, all the buildup of, uh, you know, we all have to focus on buildups and themes and that sort of thing and, and rivalries and uh, get-backs and comebacks and all that sort of thing. Once the game's kicked off, it kind of takes on a life of its own and all the pregame buildup kind of goes out the window and all the themes that you thought would be a part of that game go out the window so certainly the Saints want to redeem themselves after playing the way that they did Uh, but I don't know if it necessarily gives them a chip on their shoulder I would think it would probably uh, be more uh, of a detriment and feel that you've you've had your confidence eroded against the team coming in here that has to be very confident and you know what here's Carolina a team that last year won its last four swept the Saints just annihilated the Saints in the final game in the in the in the Superdome and they actually hold a winning record over the Saints in the Superdome. So it's not like they're going to come in here and, and be cowed by the atmosphere. Uh, they'll be as confident as a team can be. I'm glad you mentioned their defense because, you know, we hear about Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. And certainly that's a great story. And watching him grow as a quarterback is a lot of fun. Um, but as you mentioned, that defense, the total defense is number one in the NFL. Uh, the rush defense is pretty stout in its own right. Yet I, I doubt if you went out on the street, Jim, and asked folks to name off a couple of Carolina defenders, they'd struggle, much yeah. to the uh, uh, difference of what we knew from the, the Legion of Boom you know, in Seattle where they've got big names on that side of the ball. What is it about Ron Rivera and that team's defense that has allowed them to shine so much? Well, you're probably aware of the fact, I thought this was really this is really funny, they call their secondary the Legion of Whom, as to who are these guys. 
And you got a guy named Captain Munnerlin on the corner who'd pretty much been just a special teamer with them, smallest player on their team playing well. Uh, they force a lot of turnovers. Got Luke Keekley in the middle that most people think uh, is the next great middle linebacker in the NFL. You got a front four that's really tough and aggressive. Uh, Star Latoulile has really helped them as a rookie. You know, at one point or another, these guys have played six rookies in their defense on the defensive side of the football, and they've all contributed. So Thomas Davis is just an absolute beast. A guy that's had three interior cruciate reconstructions on one knee and still plays at a tremendously high level. Uh, they've got two really tough safeties. So, yeah, they don't have many big names, and they don't get much national attention. And they certainly will Sunday night, and if they play like they have been, it's going to be hard to keep these guys being a secret around the NFL any longer. Is there a character to this game, do you think? What, are, you, are you seeing this as a low-scoring affair, one that comes down to special teams because of what we're talking about as far as neutralizing each other? Um, to play twice in three weeks, and after what you said from their play last season against the Saints, is it possible to predict at this point what kind of a game it will be? Well, I would say this, that if it's a low-scoring game and it comes down to special teams, I give the edge to Carolina in both categories. And the Saints have had a really hard time forcing turnovers. They've forced two turnovers in their last five games. The Panthers have forced a turnover in 16 consecutive games. And you talk about how uh, tough the Panthers are to run against, and everybody knows that the Saints' running attack is, is pretty anemic. And I was looking at some of the statistics just comparing Cam Newton as a runner, not as a quarterback, but Cam Newton as a runner to the Saints. As a runner, Cam Newton has a better yards per carry average than any Saint. He has three times as many rushing touchdowns as any Saint, and he's got a run 22 yards longer than the Saints' longest run. That's scary stuff. I thought you'd bring some good news to the table this week, Jim. <laughs> I have to save that for words for friends, I guess. I guess so. Um all right, so when you open the broadcast on Sunday night, and of course all of your listeners can find you across the entire New Orleans Saints radio network, um, I'm sure you won't flash them with all this uh, gloom and doom that we've talked about in this interview. Is there something of promise that you see on the horizon here for the Saints going into this matchup? The Saints playing at home in prime time with Sean Payton on the sideline, and I think that's the only way that they have um, the 3.5 point um, differential that the oddsmakers say the Saints are favored by. It has to be that, because if you look at the way the Panthers have been playing, and although it was only Tampa Bay last week for them, but they've beaten some quality opponents now. They, they've beaten San Francisco. They've beaten New England. If you look at the way they've played, and as healthy as they are, and having a longer week to prepare for this game than the Saints, and you look at the way the Saints played in the short week, and some injury concerns, I think Zach Street's going to be a tremendous injury concern for the Saints this week. Uh, I mean, Nothing besides the Saints playing in prime time at home with this crowd behind them gives me an idea of why the Saints should be favored. Well, on that note, I think we should move to uh, the final phase of our interview today. But uh, I think that's an honest and fair assessment of the football game. Nice work. Um, did you uh, did you get the word in last week, or we didn't have one last week, did we? Because of Thanksgiving. No, because I, I wasn't. You you stiffed me last week, and I was looking so forward to it. I was looking forward to being on with you on Thursday as much as my Thanksgiving Day turkey. And uh, I never got a call. Uh, we had a little Thursday, Friday off on the Black and Blue Report. You, you, you know, you, you and my wife, both of you can turn the things around on me so fast, it's unbelievable. 
All right. Well, I haven't I've met your wife, but I'm sure she's a wonderful woman. Must have to be to put up with you. She's better looking than you, I can tell you that. <laughs> Doesn't take much. No, and I imagine she's younger, too. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Um, and again, we better probably keep moving to the final phase of the program here. Um, all right, so let's renew our, uh, our challenge. Uh, word of oh. the week. Um, I have a couple of chances to get that going. Actually... I only have two. I have a Friday home game and next Wednesday's home game. Uh, you, of course, have the long football game on Sunday night. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first today? Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, your word uh, for this Sunday night's game against Carolina is obsequious. Obsequious. Oh, uh, you say that every week. I, I, use it, I use it constantly. That's one of my favorite words, so that won't be any problem. Well, this does serve to your Eddie Haskell side, that's for sure. Um, Eddie, you remember Eddie Haskell? Well, from of Lee course. Receiver? Yes. You don't? Well, I didn't. Wow. I didn't watch the show live. I'm not as old as you, Jim. But oh, was that that was kind of a shot, wasn't it? Sorry. Well, it's true. I, mean, it's I true. didn't take it as any shot whatsoever. Fair you enough. know, this is really weird. Remember a few weeks ago when we had this terribly obscure word, and we both had the same word. Yes. Yes. Well, the I don't have obsequious for you, but I have a word. Somewhat similar. Oh, really? Is, is that weird? It is weird. It, it speaks yeah. volumes about you and me, but okay. My word for you in words with friends is unctuous. 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 I know you'll need a spelling, right? You can give it to me. I, I'm familiar with the word, but go ahead. <laughs> That's not anxious. It doesn't start with that vowel. No. It's, uh, or delicious. U-N-C- I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's U-N-C-T-U-O-S. Unctuous. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. You got I, it? I got it. I, I don't see how that, I'm going to struggle with that, but okay. We're on. Obsequious yeah. and unctuous. Yes, and I want transcripts to both of your next two broadcasts to make sure that you work unctuous in, because it's not that I don't trust you, but I just simply don't trust you. I, I, I appreciate that, and knowing that, uh, Producer Dan has been compiling a montage of use of our words challenge. Uh, from the broadcast. Not to say that your uh, engineer and producer, Robert Carroll, will be the, doing the same courtesy because we know that probably won't happen, so I'll just have to take your word for it. Well, you know Robert's work, so we'll probably be off the air at the time that I use the word. <laughs> There'll be some sort of technical difficulty, and somehow the, the microphone will have gone, gone dead. So if you don't happen to hear it, it's only because of his uh, ineptitude. Very nice. Very nice. I can't wait to see Robert now after that shot here across the bow on Black and Blue Report. Actually, that was right into the hull, not even across the bow. So, uh, Jim, enjoy the call this weekend. I can't wait to see you on uh, Sunday night for primetime football the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And let's hope that uh, some of the things that we've talked about today uh, are not talked about on Monday. Is that fair? That's fair. I, I hope I hope I'm uh, not the, the prophet of, of gloom and doom, and I love being wrong in these situations. And uh, from the Saints fan standpoint, I usually am, so that's uh, that's good news for them. A tradition unlike any other. Jim Henderson on a Thursday here on the Black and Blue Report. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, has the tough role of following this visit with Jim, and we will do that next. 
Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Make the holiday season extra special for your favorite sports fan by giving the gift of Pelicans Basketball. The Pelicans Holiday Plan, presented by Austin Steakhouse, is the perfect stocking stuffer. With packages starting as low as $45, you can choose any five games, including the Heat, Thunder, and Clippers. Plus, with every holiday plan purchase, you'll receive a free $25 Austin Steakhouse gift card. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your holiday plan today. Well, the North Carolina Tar Heels last night uh, knocked off the uh, Michigan State Spartans, the number one team in the country, uh, at East Lansing. And so that'll make my next guest very, very happy here on the Black and Blue Report. That's Mick Mixon. He's the voice of the Carolina Panthers and a proud alum of the University of North Carolina. Congratulations on the big win last night there, Mick. I can't figure out what's going on up there, but I don't feel badly because Roy Williams said the same thing. I mean, this club has lost to UAB and Belmont, yet beaten Louisville and Michigan State. It's crazy. Um, you've, you've been away from them, I guess, in a professional sense since what, 05? Correct. Do you still follow as best you can? I, I can't imagine how that's too easy when you've got NFL on your mind. I really don't follow it at all, Sean. I'm embarrassed to tell you. My wife and I, a couple years ago, on a cold, it was a cold January night, we went to, we had tickets to the Virginia Tech game in the, in the Smith Center. We had great seats. I lucked into two really good seats, and, and my wife's name's Dawn, and, and Dawn and I looked at each other about eight minutes into the game and said, do you want to? do you want to stay for the whole game? And she said, no, I'm ready when you are. So we went home and cooked up some microwave popcorn and listened to it on the radio and watched it on TV. You get spoiled, I think, uh, watching games from the press box. There's no doubt about that. It seems strange to go to a game and not have a headset on. I had that problem this past weekend. And uh, um, I know that uh, for a long time. How many years were you with Woody on that broadcast over there in North Carolina? 16. Wow. That's hard to get out of your blood, Mick. I know. I had people jostling me in the stands going, hey, was that a foul? Or what's the rule on the block charge rule? It was it was too much like work yet I wasn't even I wasn't getting paid anything for it. Well, I'm a big fan of popcorn, so I think you made the right decision there. Uh, Mick Mixon, of course, the voice of the Carolina Panthers. Surely you're enjoying this fall. Take me back to when this team was one and three. We'll talk about the eight straight wins in a moment, but take me back to the feeling around that club at one and three earlier this football season. This team has always had a belief in itself, even back when the Panthers first got together as a team after the draft in, in April, Sean, and they first got in there for mini camp and for summer school and uh, when the rookies came in. This team, I think, knows that it's good and has known it. This goes all the way back to the way the Panthers finished up last year, winning six of the last seven. And then when the when the Arizona game hit after the great win over the Giants and the Panthers were one and two going to Arizona and just gave Arizona the game. I mean, it looked like a dominant Arizona performance if you look at the stats, but history will will note that the Panthers had so many drop passes in the first half of that game, they basically just propped Arizona's world up and, and handed the ball game to them. Panthers did not play well in the second half, but there was still a resolve. There was not a lot of finger-pointing. There wasn't any kind of acrimony on the flight coming home. I remember thinking this team has a calmness about it, and it is still a long grind. The season still uh, has to play out. The Panthers went to Minnesota and won the next week, Went to Saint, or posted St. Louis, 
And to me, Sean, the Rams game was really when it all turned because that was a physical game. That game was more like championship wrestling than it was NFL football. And, and I think the Panthers formed some bonds that day. It's interesting. It sounds like the schedule at the start of the winning streak helped to gain a little momentum. But, you know, like you said, when you play a game that's as versus as the one was against St. Louis, that does grow a team up, doesn't it? Little things happened in that game. I mean, uh, Cam Newton got roughed up, and Jordan Gross, one of the more sporting gentlemen, the classier gentlemen you ever meet, he came flying in like he was coming off the top rope and just smashed someone off of Cam Newton. You know, get off, this is my guy, get off of him. And I think in, in a lot of ways, you know, Cam Newton developed a new appreciation and respect for some of his teammates. Not that that was lacking, but it was just kind of a, a group of guys. You know, adversity breeds togetherness. Psychologists have long known that. And that Rams game looms large as, as, as kind of a, not necessarily a turning point, but just an affirmation of something that had started for the Panthers back in the spring. If that was the impetus, then what has sustained this winning streak for Carolina? Well, uh, two things really. One is uh, Cam Newton's playing at a high level. He he combines the overwhelming physical skill with uh, a very tight, compact passing motion now. He's worked very hard on his ball geometry, and he's throwing the ball well, making plays in the, the quick game, the mid-range game, and also downfield. There's the threat of the option. Uh, Cam Newton can improvise. He can go off script and make plays. The Panthers have been a handful on third and short, third and medium, fourth and short. The other thing is the defense. I mean, this defense is salty. The front seven especially, they've enabled this no-name secondary. Seattle's got the legion of of boom. The Panthers have the legion of whom, W-H-O-M, because most people even don't even know who's back there. But the front seven's been playing so well that the secondary has been kind of primary. Now, Mick, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I think that you are the first to ever use ball geometry on me in football. That's pretty impressive. What, uh, <laughs> well, but, you know what I mean. I mean, you know, yeah. some guys are winder-uppers. The point of the ball goes down when the arms separate. The point of the, the forward point of the ball goes down and then directly back and then up and around. And that's inefficient. I mean, why waste time and horsepower uh, doing that? The, the best passers don't throw it that way, and, and Cam Newton's learned a lot and worked hard on his throwing motion in the last two offseasons. That's good stuff. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Panthers, with us. Uh, Mick, you've had a front row seat to the growing up of Cam Newton. Where is that process now? don't know how I would really try to quantify it. It's It would be difficult to quantify. I mean, think back, Sean, to when you were two dozen years old. You probably thought you, you were farther along maybe than you were. Um, that's part of the one of the joys of being an adolescent male. But uh, in Cam Newton's case, I think he's definitely on the come. He's a captain this year. He's um, In the NFL, I mean, the currency these guys trade in in the locker room is really just one of toughness, hard work, determination, grace under pressure. You can't ask to be a captain. You can't hand out flyers or campaign for a chicken in every pot. It doesn't work. Uh, you got to do the work. you got to be, be in the parking lot early, stay late, be after practice working hard, being in the film room, getting taking your bit, care of your business. And that's, that's how Cam Newton, that's the traction that Cam Newton now has with this team. He's worked to earn it. Sean Payton yesterday was awfully complimentary of the uh, Carolina pass rush, Mick. And uh, that brings me to Charles Johnson. Is he coming back? Is that knee sprain okay to go for him this weekend? Well, nobody in the NFL at this time of year is truly 100%. That's just something that the media can can throw around. But Charles Johnson is enough of whatever the percent is, it's enough where I think he, barring, I mean, he could trip over 
something here in the parking lot on the way out to practice today and, and sprained it. But barring anything like that, he, he is going to play. And Johnson is country strong. He doesn't look like, you know, when Julius Peppers would get off the bus years ago, everybody would go, oh, baby, look at that, man. Mother Nature only gives you a few of those every 100 million births or so. But with Charles Johnson, he's not as tall as as, uh, as Julius Peppers was, but he just got that, that heavy core, that country strength, and the Panthers missed him last week when he was out. Mick Mixon will be calling the game for those Carolina Panther fans on a Sunday night. That's a primetime game, of course, as you all know, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, as I ask the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, each week, uh, Mick, when you open the broadcast on Sunday night for Panther, uh, for Panther fans, what will be at the top for you? What are your main storylines going into this one? Oh, I don't know. The Saints are good because of Drew Brees. They have other good players, of course. Everybody knows that. Uh, but they, they make offensive football look so easy that it sometimes seems unfair. The combination of Sean Payton and Drew Brees, um, how many times in pro sports has, have a head coach and a quarterback, a head coach and, and a trigger man, even in basketball, you know, you cover the NBA, Sean, you know, how rare is it for the head coach and a point guard, for example, to be really good friends and go to the beach together and be over at each other's houses. And so the synchronicity that those two guys have, it's incredible. No, no NFL team has the timing in the passing game that the Saints do. So um, they're, they're designed to – to handle pass rush. I mean, as fearsome as the Panthers' pass rush, pass rush is, the Saints, the Saints didn't just you know wake up and and become a team. They they know it's coming, and they'll have you know they'll have uh, blockers to tie off different pass rush arteries, and they'll have uh, hot receivers going out this this way and that. So I think the Panthers' ability to deal with the New Orleans' quick game is going to determine this game. They'll play each other twice in three weeks. You like that or no? No, I mean it's great. If I was just a fan, if I did, if I if I didn't have to chaw up about thirteen Maylocks every time I see the Saints coming, I might like it. <laughs> Fair enough, and the same the same feeling over here after watching Carolina rip off eight in a row. That's for sure. Well, nonetheless, it's a pair of nine and three teams this weekend. First place is on the line, and uh, Mick, I hope you enjoy the whole experience this weekend in New Orleans. At least Henderson and I won't have to redo our depth charts too much in two weeks. That's one small gift that the schedule gives us. See, now now you're thinking like me. There you go. Good stuff. I really appreciate the visit. I hope that we'll be able to do it again here in a couple weeks, Mick. Uh, Let's do it. It's been a joy. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a moment. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. 
Good show today. Our thanks to Mick Nixon, the uh, voice of the Carolina Panthers, Jim Henderson, our usual on Thursday, and Eric Gordon, too. Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll wrap up the week and get you ready for both Pelicans and Saints. Tomorrow night, the Pelicans host the Oklahoma City Thunder, and so we'll have the voice of the Thunder on tomorrow. That's Matt Pinto. And we'll also preview the Saints game with John DeShazer, senior writer with NewOrleansSaints.com. I think Daniel is going to interview Taylor Hicks of American Idol fame. He uh, apparently is performing this weekend at Harrah's in New Orleans and maybe maybe doing the national anthem at the Pelicans game too. So Taylor Hicks for all of you uh, American Idol fans uh, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, And we may mix in a little uh, culinary talk tomorrow, some food, some tailgating, as it is Friday before a Saints home game. Uh, That may be a surprise visit tomorrow. I'm hoping, well, I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, keep that in mind for tomorrow's show. It'll be up and ready for you to go online and on your mobile device starting at noon central. Help us spread the word, won't you? A uh, black and blue report is available on iTunes as a free item. Also subscribable so that it downloads on your phone each and every day. And then now as we're finding most people are going through the two-team mobile apps, whether it's the Pelicans app or the Saints app. Both are fantastic and both allow you to just hit a button and get the black and blue report each and every day. We call it No Appointment Radio, available at noon central each weekday. You can get it on your, uh, on your way through the treadmill, on your way through traffic, however you may want to ingest us. See, I've got food on the brain right there. Uh, we can get you uh, the Black and Blue Report with ease. And we thank you, of course, for making us a part of your day. For Lou and for Daniel, I'm Sean Kelly. And until tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.